Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, Goal Achievers, it's Hal Elrod, and welcome to this week's episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. You're going to hear a conversation that I just had with my friend John O'Leary, and he's actually returning to the podcast. We had him on a year or so ago, and if you don't know John, when he was nine years old, a horrific accident left him with burns on one 100% of his body and a very slim chance of survival. And John went on to defy the odds, make a miraculous recovery. And since then, he has embarked on a mission to share the life-changing lessons that he has learned about overcoming adversity and undertaking he has addressed with increased urgency as our world now faces unprecedented challenges. And through his professional speaking engagements, John O'Leary has delivered his message to over 1 million people in 14 countries and at 1,600 events for clients like Lego and Southwest Airlines and Microsoft and Pepsi. I mean, he's one of the best speakers in the world. That's how we met earlier as we shared a stage a few years ago and, you know, we hit it off and just a real bromance was developed. And when I had him on last time, It was, uh, I'm not sure the exact year, but in 2016, he shared his story in the number one national bestselling book, On Fire. And then his new book, which we're going to talk about today, it's called In Awe, Rediscover Your Childlike Wonder to Unleash Inspiration, Meaning, and Joy. It just came out yesterday. And I just found out from John, he's donating 100% of the profits this week for the first week of all the sales, which is just so you know, that's if you're an author, that's usually your biggest week of sales, right? The first week's the biggest week. He's donating 100% of the profits to Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America, which he is a big brother and he was a little brother when he was a kid. So it's an organization that he believes in strongly. I was a big brother 10 years ago. I believe in it as well, but uh, you're about to hear from a guy who's just one of the most genuine, heartfelt human beings that I know. And uh, I love this guy. And I think that you will too. So without further ado, Goal Achievers, here is my conversation with the one and only John O'Leary. How are you doing? Well, I'm in. Dude, I'm, uh, I'm really excited that you're here, that we're here. This is the second time we've talked in front of an audience on Achieve Your Goals podcast. And then I've been on, on your show, I think once, maybe twice, I don't know, two times. Maybe twice. Yeah. But uh, how are you doing right now? You know, we're in the middle of this COVID-19 global pandemic. You've been through extraordinary adversity in your life. That's part of what has made you the leader that you are today. So how are you right now? What's going on? So I'll begin, I think we're maybe some of your listeners might be on March 12th. And thereafter, we lost organizationally about 93 or 94% of our future revenues. <laughs> Most of our revenue comes from speaking in front of organizations, consulting with them afterwards, or selling books in the back of the room right afterwards. So the vast majority of the business that I built depends upon John being on a, on a plane in front of large groups of organizations and large groups of people, sharing the good, sharing the possibility within their lives and the next steps to take to get there. And that's gone for now. 
And so fundamentally, structurally, organizationally, we're struggling at that level. And yet I'm, I'm keeping my team engaged, employed, looking forward and pivoting into the unknown, believing without doubt that our best days are in front of us. But it, it certainly has created some, some adversity without a doubt, organizationally and financially. On the other side of the coin, though, because I'm normally on the road, what it means now is I'm home all the time. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm a Christian. I love walking. I love hiking. I love hobbies. I love playing the piano. There's a whole lot of things I love to do. And because of work, I sometimes can't get there. Yeah. So for 49 consecutive nights, I've tucked my kids in. That's never happened. For mm. 49 consecutive mornings, I've been there for breakfast. I've come back from work to make them lunch. We played ping pong. We, we've gone swimming. We played the piano together. We've made marshmallows. We prayed. We've made, made lists of things we're grateful for. So in some regards, this is a season of profound adversity, but also one right with opportunity and togetherness and faithfulness and family. So John, how are you doing, man? I'm, I'm actually doing awesome. And I believe we're going to come through this thing, not only individually, but collectively far stronger than we entered, entered into it. Yeah. And I think that's true with most adversity. And, and as you said, it's, it's both individually, right? Personally within ourselves and our families, but then collectively as a society. Now, that's interesting. I'm experiencing a little bit of that in terms of, you know, I'm a speaker as well as you. I think that's how, that's how we met, if I remember correctly. But I less of my business is around speaking. And so I, I'm curious in terms of how you're doing that and having this team, are you guys pivoting to do virtual keynotes or where, where are you guys at with that right now and, and what it looks like moving forward? Right. So we also have a podcast, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so we've been able to monetize that. We're able to grow that. We have... We have consulting that we are still doing, but now we're growing it more effectively and intentionally. We do webcast videos for keynotes, but we also do follow-ups now with clients. We're doing a whole lot of work, how that we know we've wanted to do digitally, Mm. but we've been too, in quotes, successful and busy to do it. Uh And now we have this crazy, painful, agonizing punch in the face to all of us, which is either the time in life when you climb back into the hole and you wait for it to pass, hoping that it might someday pass, or you raise your sail and you go in a direction that you would not have chosen. Like I would not have chosen this. I, I love my old life. Yeah. But I, I got to be honest, Hal, I'm, I'm enjoying this life even more. And, and when we return to normal, man, I don't want to return in the same way that I woke up in early February. Like I, I want to wake up different and transformed and hopefully way, way more effective and better because of it. Yeah. I think that's an, a good point in terms of people going, I want things to go back the way they were. And while I I often share that same desire, I think that the idea is going, well, how can we, rather than return to the way things were, how can we emerge to the way that things that could always be? And you mentioned you're doing a lot of things now that you weren't doing then, right? Not not only professionally in your business, but personally, right? Same thing with you're rattling off the activities, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm playing ping pong more with my kids. And yeah, we're, I'm pushing them on the swing. And, you know, we're playing Monopoly all the time and playing cards all the time. And, you know, I'm taking breaks in the middle of the day to, to play with the kids because they're home. And how are you doing right now is, uh, is a question that it's not, there's no kind of one direct right <laughs> answer right it's kind of a loaded the cool because you and i actually asked that of one another before we recorded and yeah. both of our answers were like 11 minutes long which <laughs> i think speaks to how complex life is right now but also how real you and i are together you know like i'm not great but i'm pretty awesome there's some real adversity there's some stuff i'm dealing with but for the most part man we're we're hanging in there and we're building something i think that is going to touch lives not only in the short term 
but for years and decades to come. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about you're doing a couple things right now to help do exactly that for people. And you're, you have a new book that is out, I think when the podcast releases, it'll be, have come out yesterday, right? May 5th, 2020 is the published date. Um, The book is called In Awe, In Awe. And the, uh, I love the subtitle because I think it's so needed right now. It's Rediscover Your Childlike Wonder to Unleash Inspiration, Meaning, and Joy. And if there's anything for me that's the underlying the meaning, the purpose of this, this pandemic, this crisis, it's exactly that. It's how do we tap into what really matters in life, which isn't, isn't really tangible, right? It's not the stuff. It's not the money. It's the inspiration, the meaning, and the joy that you're talking about. And what I love too is, and we'll, we'll talk more about this in a few minutes, but you're doing an in-awe 21-day challenge to help people actually just go beyond passively reading a book Yes. right which we know most people read a book they finish a book they don't do anything with it except for start reading another book right yes so you're doing this i, I want to talk about that in minutes the, the in awe 21 day challenge because that's a tangible thing for people to do to actually create that meaning inspiration and joy in their life but let's just talk from the beginning how did you come to write the new book in awe <laughs> so let me let me begin by sharing with you the the first cover i got back from the publisher it was a picture of me how with my arms kind of crossed smugly <laughs> and I was wearing a sport coat looking at the reader like, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. You know? <laughs> so then I, I wrote back an email. I'm like, hey, guys, did you read the book before you, you designed the cover? <laughs> so th- what they eventually came up with, and I think it's really just beautiful, is it's a blue cover with clouds floating overhead. So yeah. along the, the cover, you see little clouds. And then there's this one brilliant red kite yeah. floating above it all with a string coming down to a person. You don't know who's holding it, but the idea is that it's you. Yeah. So why create a cover like that for a book like this? And I think the rationale was, was because as a presenter, I would see adult leaders somewhat disengaged, somewhat almost bored by life, almost as if we were just kind of getting through this thing. Whatever the thing was, the meeting, the, the work day, the marriage, the same, we were just enduring this thing, whatever the thing was. Yeah. And then I would leave the conferences, go into schoolhouses. I love hanging out with kids when I'm out of town, just speaking to these, these, these schools. And I would see these kids skip into the school building. And I would see these kids like run into the classroom and they would smile more frequently and they, they would laugh more loudly and they would raise their hands when I asked questions and they were completely engaged in life. And when I would ask questions, how like, hey, is tomorrow going to be better than today? Everyone would say yes. When I asked how many were artists, all of them would say, of course, that's me. When we grow older, I think we begin to lose a little bit of that whimsical zest for life. We lose a little bit of that passion for being curious, for connecting with those around us, for experiencing everything as if it's the very first time we've experienced it. And so the book was me recognizing what my children have, and I have four, what kids in classrooms have, and I've seen a lot, is what I think we adults need to return to in order to be as effective as leaders as possible going forward. So it unpacks what kids have, why we lose it, and how to return to it. So the book, we're learning from the next generation, right? Rather than trying to teach the next generation, learning what do the kids have uh, within them that we that we at one point had within us, right? That a lot of us lose as we get older and, and jaded and you know the world kind of uh, smacks us around a little bit, right? It, right, and, and I would imagine some of your listeners right now are thinking, "Man, I don't, I don't even like kids, and, <laughs> and I didn't like myself when I was a kid. I don't want to become a kid again." This isn't about being childish. 
there's a lot of examples of leaders, whether they're political leaders or corporate leaders or family leaders right now who are very childish, very childish. It's very common. Open up your Twitter feed for examples. Watch the evening news for examples. A lot of kids running around wearing long shoes, man, in suits. We don't need to be childish. We need to be childlike. Yeah. We need to have our eyes looking forward again. We need to be working hard when we work, but playing hard when we play and resting in between and, and understanding how to connect more effectively with the things that actually matter. Kids have a lot to teach us about life if we want to pay attention and learn from them. Well, I know in the book, you talk about the five senses that kids tap into, right? That we've kind of lost touch with. What are those five senses and how are those something that for us to be more child, not childish, but child like, how can yeah. we incorporate those into our, whether it's work life, personal life, whatever. So in the research, you know, obviously we all have senses, the, the ability to see and hear and touch, smell, all these things that fade as we age. That's yeah. a fact. But there are others that fade as we age. And one of them, the very first one we write about in the book is the sense of wonder for children, how you have kids. Kids love to ask questions. And their favorite questions, three letters long, why? And then you tell them why the sky is blue. And then they follow up with another question. Why? Yeah. And then you tell them that. And eventually you're like, dude, it's just blue because it is. Now go, go back inside. Find, it, find uh-huh. your mouth. You have to go to bed. Why? Brush your teeth. Why? Get your shoes on. Why? They want to know why. But it's not to be difficult. It's because they're naturally inquisitive. They want to know the rationale. They want to know the cause of these things. And then eventually, I think primarily through education, but that's not only at school. It's also the fault of we who are growing these kids up. We have taught them that there's one answer. And those who get it right, excel. They get 100%. They go to the front of the class and they excel into the next level. And so we, we have begun to generate this whole generation of kids that think there's one pathway forward. And it's actually to stop asking questions. So it's one of the senses we had as we were kids. And it's one of the senses we lose first as we grow. Wow. One of my good friends, John Berghoff. Do you know John Berghoff, by the way? I do, man. Great guy. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so John always says that, you know, when you ask a new question, you change the future before you even come up with the answer. Just asking a new question. And, uh, and I think too much of us, I know I've been guilty of this, right? It's that we were trying to come up with or trying to always offer answers to right. ourselves and to others versus always having that curiosity that you talk about. And that's, you know, most leaders, right? They're, they're voracious learners. They have that, right. that curiosity is what drives them to keep learning and growing and, and getting better and better and better. So okay, let me just speak yeah. to that for a moment. One of our clients is Microsoft and those guys, one of, one of the senior leaders there shared with me, John, we used to be the smartest guys in the room. And we knew it. And now we recognize that we are the smartest people in the room because we don't have all the answers. We just show up with all the questions. And he says, John, it's because we are showing up every single day in every single meeting with a beginner's mind. And so what what Microsoft is trying to model, and it's one of the most successful businesses in the history of the world, is this idea of showing up with wonder, with wonder. So it's it's about asking all these questions. It's not just why, it's, it's why not? What if? Who says? You know, just really change the way we view something and how we can move forward in a new, better, different way afterwards. So it, it will lead to a far better future than the one we currently have. Well, now, I, I think that returning to this childlike wonder, it, to me, it seems, and I think, or maybe people listening, it, it's counterintuitive, especially in the workplace, right? It's like, it kind of, if I'm listening, right, if I'm playing devil's advocate, and I know you, John, I love you, John, how brilliant you are. But if I'm playing devil's advocate, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, does this apply to me? Like, I'm a hard charging entrepreneur, or I, you know, I'm an executive, or right, like childlike wonder. That's cute. That's a nice soft subject. But how does it? Why is this so important in the workplace in real time? Why right. does it matter? 
Well, it, again, it's the first of five senses. So the, the first answer is to recognize it's part of a larger mosaic. But, but to answer the question specifically around a beginner's mind or around asking the right questions, the world is changing at such a radical pace. And if you did not know that in February, you know it now. Yeah. Like it, it, is, it is unbelievable, the pace of change. And as fast as it is right now, it's never going to be this slow again. And so if you think, man, I'm a hard-charging executive, and I'm an entrepreneur, get out of my way. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be on the losing side of history here shortly. And so what great organizations are doing is actually to empower their team members to not just take marching orders and go, you know, walk into the fire. Yes, sir. And we go off into the fire. Wrong. Wrong. It is actually to kick the tires and ask the question, why? And is there a better way? Why do we do things the way we do them around here? And is there a better way? It's the very first tenant within, like, that we unpack within this book. So I would suggest to anyone who is being a little bit cynical right now, first of all, you are not alone. The person to your left and right is probably as well because they also are an adult. So we kind of creep into that cynicism. But I'm begging you and imploring you to remove that mask because it's stealing away not only your joy for the moment as you race forward, but also your ability to create a future far greater than the one you're currently thinking is possible. I did a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago called Using Your Past to Transform Your Present. And really similar to what you're talking about right now, I had a breakthrough just a few weeks ago, realizing you know, I've been suffering the last year from the side effects of chemotherapy, which have led to anxiety and depression and you know this brain fog and just some real mental health challenges. And a few weeks ago, I was asking myself, it was in the morning, you know, I'm doing my miracle morning, and I go, when have I been depressed before? Right? So I'm asking the questions and I'm going, when was I depressed before? And I go, 2008 was the last and really the only time in my life when I was really majorly depressed. And I went, well, how did I overcome it then? And I go, well, I created this morning routine and called, you know, and it ended up becoming the miracle morning, but it was this morning ritual. And I go, well, but I'm still doing the morning, the miracle morning. So what, why am I still feeling stuck in this? And yes. then I got really curious and I went, well, wait a minute. And I actually broke it down. I go, I broke down all the elements of my morning practice and I compared them one by one to 2008 because in 2008, I had a beginner's mindset. I had never had a morning ritual. I had never meditated, never did affirmations, never visualized, never did journaling, right? Never did any of those things. And so when I began, it was, I was curious. I was like a kid. I was open. I was trying to figure this all out. And like anything, you know, if you are a kid that learns to play basketball, you get a basketball practice, you learn the fundamentals. And so I started out with the fundamentals of meditating and doing these various practices. And as I compared, what I realized is my current miracle morning, my practice is radically different than it was back then. And as I broke it apart, I realized I'm missing the fundamentals. And this is, I think we, we fall into this trap a lot. If you are a, you know, an executive, even a CEO, the, the longer you are at something, the more likely it is that you've strayed away from the fundamentals that got you to the dance, as they say, right? And that was it for me. I went, oh, my miracle morning doesn't look, it's become mediocre. It doesn't look the way that it did. I've gotten so far away from those fundamentals. And just a couple of weeks ago, I got back to the fundamentals. And just like in 2008, within a matter of days, the depression lifted. Within a matter of days, my clarity skyrocketed, right? And so the point being just reinforcing what you're saying that that curiosity, asking why, asking those questions and really applying right. our mindset. And right now when we're in the midst of what we're in the midst of, there's no better time to really reinvent ourselves as, as you're doing, reinvent our businesses, reinvent right our lives. So 
I love that. So your life is exhibit A of someone who reflects by asking these questions, learning important lessons, and then sharing them with the rest of us. So that's phenomenal. But the transformation, not only in 08, but again in 2020, began with you asking, wait, wait, what? What happened? What if? All these questions that have led you on this wild journey forward, Hal. And it's important for those of us in positions of leadership to understand that everything that exists today at one point did not. At, at one point, it never, it was not there. And it seemed as if it might even be impossible. And then some curious person came along and said, what if? What if? And so as we are dealing with COVID-19, as we are dealing with skyrocketing unemployment, as we are dealing with some sagging markets and everything else going on, both societally, but also individually, I would suggest to you that the best way to step into the storm is not with explanation points, but with question marks. And then watch how you pivot into this thing. Watch what, how you make yourself a whole new being going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, be- there's a better version of all, for all of us on the other side of this. Talk about this 21-day challenge. So it's the NAWE 21-day challenge. And from what I understand, it was, you know, you started to become clear that the toll that this pandemic was taking was beyond what any of us imagined. So why did you decide to offer the NAWE 21-day challenge for people? What does this entail? What are the reactions you're receiving? Right. So the day before the Super Bowl, I was on the phone with an executive and I asked if he had any anxieties at all around what was taking place in China. And his response to me, and I'll never forget it, and I won't quote him uh, by name, was, John, to be honest, it's not my problem. It's their problem. Oh, wow. And I think that's frequently the way we view the world through the lens that eh, doesn't, doesn't affect me, so forget about it. Yeah. Except it does. Life never, ever, ever, ever takes place inside a vacuum. The, the butterfly effect is alive and real and impacting all of our lives today, just as when we flap our wings, we are impacting the lives of those around us. So that's number one. Secondly, back in 2018, we had unemployment that was historically low, stock markets that were historically high, and 1.5 million Americans attempted suicide. Mm. So so when life was going along just brilliantly well, the sun was shining, there was no need. I mean, we felt like we were on top of the world. One and a half million of us felt that pang of depression and sadness and hopelessness and despair and and came to a point when we thought we would be better off not here. And that was when everything was going great, Hal, publicly at least, societally at least, market-wise at least. So as COVID-19 began to spread, we realized, man, we're going to be forced into isolation. There are going to be people losing their jobs. There are going to be people feeling utter despair. And suicide has affected my family, my wife's family, and the families of just about everybody that I know and love. And so to push back against that and to provide a little bit of hope, we created a 21-day challenge to give individuals around the world one thing to do every day to grasp onto hope. The light at the end of the tunnel is not a coming train. So we, we wanted to remind them that there's something they can do, that they are not alone, and that the best days remain in front of them. So I, I wrote this little program with the help of my friends, a couple colleagues at the office. We put it out there into cyberspace and have had thousands and thousands and thousands of people go through this thing. There's no charge. It's just a gift. So I think it's doing what we'd hoped, but we also recognize the journey forward continues to be hard. So I think it's important. We recognize how that we cannot do this thing by ourselves. We never were able to, but COVID-19 is reminding us that we're actually intended to be our brothers and sisters keepers, that we're intended to roll up our sleeves and uh, seek for opportunities to make a difference for those around us. And in doing so, it will absolutely impact our life as well. So where, where do people, is the challenge, is it something that's embedded within the book or it sounds like them? I don't know if you're already going through it. So what, what's right. the, I just, so I'm clear logistically there, what's the correlation between 
the book in awe and the in awe 21 day challenge. So I steal shamelessly from the book for content for some of the questions, <laughs> but uh, they live alone. They're married, but they live alone. So if you want to take the 21 day challenge, go to read in awe.com and uh, it's it. read in awe.com. And at the top of that page, there's a little space there for your, your email hit send and tomorrow morning it's on and we will do life together for the next 21 days. So I, I hope folks join me there. And I hope they share it. And I hope if they have any questions or needs, they hit reply. I love that. I love that. And that's something that, you know, me and my team have been talking about. How can we lead with our group through challenges? And this is, guys, until we figure out a miracle morning, you know, new challenge to get through COVID-19, um, I would invite everybody to go to it. So it's read in dot com. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the challenge, man. Awesome. I, uh, I love I love your heart. I love your leadership. So talk a little bit about, about what, what else is in the book. And I know there's a lot of heartwarming stories of the lessons you've learned from your own kids. In fact, why don't we start there? What's the greatest lesson that your kids have taught you? Man, the joy of life. By the way, like, I don't have a, a list of talking points I'm ready to share with you. I just I want to share my heart. But what sure. my kids have taught me most about life and leadership and growing a business and growing a family is the gift of just soaking up the minutiae. The, the joy of dessert, man, the joy of taking the dog around the block as the sun sets, the joy of pausing to watch an earthworm do her thing and move a little leaf forward into life. Like, they get the value of the moment. We race right through it. And so one of my favorite senses is actually sense number three, which is immersion, which, uh, you know, it's a, just another term for being focused and engaged in whatever you're doing when you are doing it. We, you and I and many others, believe it's very effective to multitask. And yet all, all research says that multitasking is completely ineffective, sure. that it's way more effective to either smoke marijuana while you are working, show up drunk or sleep less than an hour a night before you work. And so we think we're getting more done when the phone's on our right hand, the laptop's on our left, and our spouse is staring at us. And, and yet that's not the way to go through life. And so I, I teach them within the book how to be highly effective in whatever you're doing it when you're there. I also remind them of the joy of being a child because when, when you're a kid, when the bell rings, you're in school. And then it rings again and you're at recess and you're focused fully on play, not, not anything else, just play. And then you come back in and it's time for English class or science. And then the bell rings and you're at lunch. And then you come back after the bell ring and you go off to a little rest time. I don't think we in our society do a phenomenal job slowing down to focus when you are at work, work like a dog. But when you come home, play like a puppy. And make sure you take time for Sabbath to truly rest, to truly recharge yourself so that you can return the following day to become even more effective in whatever you desire. So immersion is a beautiful sense, not only for what you can do in one day, which is awesome, but also what you can do over the course of your life when you have your ladder leaned against the right wall. What's your, if you had to sum up your, like your hope for what this book's going to do, I know as an author, I I'm sure you've invested <laughs> countless hours into writing this thing, right? It becomes your baby. It becomes your life. It becomes your world for months on end, if not years on end. Um, John, what's your biggest hope for, for anybody listening that your book in awe, the new book, what will that do for people? What's your biggest hope that it will do for people, for society, for the world? Right. So in the book, I, I do some of the, share some of the research around the facts of you even being alive. So what is the biological chance that Hal Elrod is in the room, in the house, baby? And if you do the math and you look at mom and dad and you look at the chance of them coming together right on time, Hal, because if it's a moment earlier or later, you're not in the room, your sister's in the room or your ex, like, it's not you, man. It's completely different DNA. 
So what's the likelihood of you being here? And the answer is less, less than one in 400 trillion. And that's just you. Wow. And that doesn't even begin to say, and, and our earth is floating just the perfect distance from the sun, man, to sustain life. Like all these things that are just, we almost take it for granted. Yeah. And so I, I want people to go into the day shocked at the beauty at the wonder of their life and at the ability of their life to do phenomenal things going forward. No longer yawn or endure. Deal with the misery of our days, but go through it as a child does naturally with profound gratitude for all that they have. It's first time living, man. So that's part of it. But I also want to give people not only a directional area to go like, hey, I want you to be a childlike leader again, but also the specific steps to get there. I don't want this to be a pep rally where people leave feeling deeply motivated and then they go on and read the next book called war and peace and they forget all about the book in awe I, I want people to be radically changed as they progress through this thing in the way they lead and the way they work and the way they play and the way they at the way they look at life the life they've lived the life they're currently leading and the one they could li- live into going forward i can't imagine a better and well i can't imagine a better way of being than you just described, right? That, that to me is the meaning of life, the purpose, the joy. And I've known you for years and you live it. Like you, you are that person that, that expressed, you know, you live joy and love and gratitude and you, you exude it for, for everybody that's around you. That's why we, we love talking to you. And so I was looking forward to our conversation today. So if someone's listening to this, the, I guess here'd be my question. So the book came out yesterday. The challenge is available today. So yes. if somebody orders the book today, would you encourage them to read the book first or just order the book, join the challenge? They'll start the challenge tomorrow. The book will get here in a couple of days. Like what's the best right. strategy for someone to get the most out of what you're providing right now? So the, the very first thing is when I say yes to an interview, it's, it's never to sell a book. Sure. So if you want to buy the book, awesome. It is beautiful. It's a couple of years of my heart and soul and experiences into it. It will stir you to tears and you will laugh out loud and you will, uh, you'll be moved. So uh, if you want it, awesome. It's easy enough to find. It's called In Awe. But I I just encourage folks, whether they're a huge book reader or not, go to the challenge. There is no charge and it will encourage you to keep moving forward in your life. And so if you decide to do both, phenomenal. You do not need to wait for the delivery person to drop off the cover of the book for you to take the first step into the message that is unpacked within it. So I would go to readandawe.com. I would take the challenge. I would share it with my friends. I would do it with my family. Every night, how, and this is out of your playbook, man, but every night as we get together as a family, we're making a list not only of things we're grateful for, but things we don't want to forget when COVID-19 is no longer part of our journey. So I, I want my kids not only to realize that we're enduring this hardship together, but there are parts within it that we will look back and be grateful for, including 49 dinners together including zero activities outside of the home front right now. All we do is hang out together. And uh, there will come a day where we are busy again. There will come a day where we travel again. But during this season, we're trying to soak up the reasons to be grateful. Mm. I love that. I just signed up for the uh, In Awe 21-Day Challenge, by the way. Awesome. Hit, hit reply on an email, man, and we will do life together. Awesome, brother. Well, John, I love you. I love your heart, your spirit, and uh, the value that you add to the world. Thank you for, for the time today, man. I really appreciate it. Hell, you inspired me, man. Uh, my miracle morning wakes me up every day, man. So thank you for your life and your, your leadership. Awesome. It's a pleasure, dude. Goal Achievers, thank you for tuning in. This has been John O'Leary, one of the most beautiful human beings that I know. 
Uh, he was introduced to me. Now I remember it was by uh, our good friend, John Rulin. And Rulin said, you, you've got to meet John O'Leary. You've got to meet this guy. And uh, he's a, a survivor. He is a thriver. And he is making a difference in the lives of, of countless people around the world. And he's made an impact in mine. And I hope you'll do the 21 Day In All Challenge with me and join us in uh, making our life more meaningful, experiencing more joy and more gratitude. Goal Achievers, I love you, and uh, I will talk to y'all next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 